So this is our first episode of the new season. Yep, the Wednesday word. And we're changing up a bit. Yep, season five. Season five. So uh, completely different format, right? Yep. Yeah. A little bit. We kind of did a little bit of this for a summer summer story. So we're kind of taking this to a different level. Okay. it's We're going to go deep today. Going deep. So the idea of this new season is really to hear people's stories. Yes. Right? People's faith stories right. and, and how faith has inspired them or worked in their life. And so um, we're here to talk to you, Miss Julie Hart, today. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so this new season, um, with the change in format, there's new hosts. Yeah. I'm one of them. Excellent. I'm very excited about this. Me too. Yeah. A little nervous. Don't be. I'm shaking a little bit. Can you see? Okay. You're a host. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have a gentleman named Jacob. Jacob Euchre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Who's also been a guest, as have you. Yeah. So, yeah. Not never at the same time, though. Not at the same time. Right. But also a really great guest. And he, I'm just going to call Jacob out. I believe he's going to be doing some preaching in 2023. Oh. So we're going to be hearing more from Jacob. Okay. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, let's just, let's get on with this. Yeah. Oh, Are you ready? Oh, I am ready. So in two minutes or less, what is oh. Julie's story? <laughs> the elevator speech. Yeah. What is your elevator speech? Um, okay. So uh, born in Idaho, raised in Utah, graduated from high school, moved uh, to Las Vegas, uh, grew up in an unconventional, unconventional kind of life. Uh, my family was, we are a family of entertainers. And so that's my background, which is what brought me to Las Vegas, right. as a matter of fact. Um, and um, I've been, I've been here ever since. I moved back to Utah for a minute, but then quickly, quickly came running back to the desert. Um, I am a mother of two sons, uh, Louis and Giovanni. They are, oh my goodness, 22 and 26. They, uh, the same year of life, decided to join the military. How rude. At the same time. Not the same moment, but but months apart. Uh, one's in the Marines uh, in Okinawa right now. Okay. And one is uh, uh, in the Navy, and he's currently in San Diego. His ship is the USS Princeton. Um, okay. I'm a daughter. I have a brother uh, that lives with me. As, as His name is John, as well as uh, his youngest son, my nephew, Max, um, and my mom's five minutes away, which is, we bought a house five minutes from mom. And so I'm just real, real family girl. And, uh, I'm here at the church. It's a, it's also an unconventional way that, that I got to be here to where I am today. But I do currently the, I, my title is director of connectional ministries here at Desert Spring Church. And I think I told you, I still don't have a really great explanation of, uh, that except it's obviously connecting Right. Uh, people to people, people to ministries, and um, yeah. so that's—I don't know if that's two minutes or not—but that's just a, a Cliff Notes version of who I am. I wasn't keeping track, so okay, I think we're okay. We'll, we'll play it back. So okay. let's start with uh, your life in Utah. So yeah. you graduated high school. Yep, you were born I, yep. and raised essentially in Utah. Yep, yeah, I was a baby when I moved to Utah um, and uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, which is a beautiful place, and, and yeah, it's a absolutely. nice place to grow up. But we just were not really the, the you know, the typical Utah um, family. Okay. So, like I said, we were entertainers. Yeah. So that was a little bit different. Uh, when I was seven years old, going into second grade, I moved. We moved into a new neighborhood where I grew up until I graduated from high school. And, um, you know, I was a painfully, painfully shy child, painfully shy, not on stage at the age of eight. I was, I grew up on stage, but on stage I was okay. But, but not on stage. I was very, very shy, very, very shy. Like 
The dichotomy is so interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, it's not I don't that think uncommon. of you as shy to this day. No, I'm I'm much more extroverted, but okay. I'm like the most introverted of an extrovert. Okay. If I go to a party where I don't know, don't know people, I'll pick up a tray and start serving them. Oh, <laughs> don't okay. know what to do. But, I'll add you um, to my invite list yeah, to my parties. Yeah, add me. I will get, put me to work. <laughs> um, so uh, I was turning eight. I was in second grade. And in Utah, when you turn eight, you get baptized in uh, to the LDS church there. That's what yeah. happens. That's what all my friends did. That I was new. I was trying to make friends. And so um, I was. I, were... When I turned eight, I went home and told my parents I wanted to get baptized. I wasn't really raised, uh, even though they had both been raised LDS. Um, that's not how we were raised. Okay. And so they were a little su- surprised. But, yeah. you know, they always, they let me make that choice. And okay. um, I was baptized to go be in a club, basically, to go <laughs> to club. parties. I couldn't go to birthday parties. Friends at school would be like, I can play with you at school, but that you can't That blows my mind. My yeah. Yeah. So, um I was baptized, and okay. I don't discount that baptism because I was baptized baptized by one uncle, and another uncle did the blessing. And the blessing, in the blessing, he said that um, I would lead the children back to Christ. Yeah. And at the time, my grandma, who was a devout Mormon, was like, oh my gosh, like what? It never meant that much to me. I never really thought much about it, but she thought about it a lot. She thought about it a lot. Um, so um, moved on. Uh, I did go to church off and on during softball season to okay. be able to play, but I didn't, it didn't, I asked too many questions, you know, and I always got this, well, you just have to have faith. Like, no, like legitimately, I want to know the answer to this. Um, so, um, but when I was 16 years old, I had a show of my own. Uh, it was a, a girl magic show. My best friend and I, we were called the Spellbinders, okay. girl magicians. And um, my, our Sunday school teacher went to Sunday school and he said, oh, I saw you at the at the state fair, and we were on the big stage. It was like we were, you know, like oh yeah, I didn't didn't see you. You were he, a big deal. Yeah, and yeah. he says, well, for sixteen, and he <laughs> says, uh, well, I saw what you were wearing, which you know was a little French cut leotard, you know, and, and I would not let my sister be caught dead in it. Wow. And I was, I said, well, I've seen your sister, and thank God for that. And I walked out the door, and I was <laughs> never, ever, ever going to walk in. I would never. I was never going to go to church again. And you didn't go back. To, oh no, to that I was not going to. I, you know, and, and like my grandpa, like my parents drank coffee. My grandpa smoked. It sat on the front porch and smoked. So like okay. we were just like, you know, we were not. Uh, and I just, I just felt so judged by the church. Yeah. I felt even, yeah. even though they were really great people within the church, and I, I made great friends, and and they were lovely people. I just, you know, one Sunday school teacher for a sixteen-year-old, and that was the end of religion. That was the death of religion for me. So. I'm going to jump forward a little bit yeah. because you've you've been a youth director. Right, I 13 years of youth ministry. Do you go back oh. to that moment yes. and 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 realize that the impact that that yes. moment had on you mm-hmm. and Absolutely. How did that affect how does that affect or how did that affect your career as a youth director? Well, I think, you know, it was an unconventional way that got me into youth ministries, but the most for me when I took the position I just was never wanting to be in a position where I felt kids felt judged by me. Yeah. Because being judged by me is basically being judged by God when you're a kid. Like when your Sunday school teacher says you're bad, you're bad. Right. So I never, never, I tried to be very careful about that and helping kids find their own answers. And, 
you know, I wasn't a bad kid. Actually, I was a straight lace. I didn't party. I didn't, you know, I just had, it was the 80s. I had big hair and short skirts because it was the 80s. <laughs> so so you promised me a picture. Oh my gosh. I, I For I social have, media, right? So oh, we can show media. everybody that that's be, listening that today. terrifying for many okay. people. <laughs> but yeah. So um, yeah, I never went to church again. And for, well, obviously I did, but right. I did not for a very, very long time. Okay. Um, moved to Las Vegas in 87 um, because we were performers. Right. Moved here. Um, for that. My first magic show was at the Mint, which doesn't even exist here anymore. <laughs> so it's crazy. Um, but when I was uh, 20s, 26, I was um, getting married. And that is, for some reason, I, I don't even know why I wanted to be married in a church. And my fiance's husband, he, their, their family was very... Um, you know, the judgy Christian, the kind of like throw the scripture and, you know, at you kind of thing. And so I didn't like their churches didn't really work for me. He took me a couple. And I'm like, no, this I don't want this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we found I babysat in Utah as a babysitter. It was a dollar an hour. And most families had like four or five, six kids. Oh, my god! But gosh. the Lutherans only had two kids and they paid two dollars an hour. So I was like, <laughs> maybe I'll check out the Lutherans. <laughs> so um, checked out some Protestant churches and okay. st- stumbled across University United Methodist Church. Showed up on a day they were closed, and I looked into the. Have you been inside the chapel, the sanctuary? It's a it's a cobblestone, no. very quaint. Okay, I'm like, this is why this is where I want to be married. Yeah. Um, he at the time I was a cocktail waitress okay. at the, in a dinner show at the Rio, and my fiance was the principal dancer in the show, the oh, Copacabana wow. show. And so we could only get married on a Sunday because you know the the cast we wanted the the people to be there, and yeah. so we met the pastor, and. Um, he was willing to marry us. We did not Amazing. go to the church. Um, he was willing to marry us on a Sunday, which now that I know church life, I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool of him. Yeah. Um, but we were just really there to get married, you know, and then get out, move on down the road. Okay. Not to stay. Right. Not to stay. In and out. Mm-hmm. Get the mm-hmm. piece of paper, move on. Yeah. He made us, he met, he met with us twice, okay. you know, and did all that. Right, um, right. But then um, after we were married, he came, he brought his wife to the show that my then husband danced in and uh, I waited on him and uh, thought, wow, that's cool. The pastor came to the show. Yeah, like, wow. absolutely. Ordered a Chevis and I was, I went to the bartender. I'm like, can pastors drink? I'm, I'm from Utah. <laughs> like what is happening? This is Las Vegas. Anything goes right, here. Crazy. So, um, but anyway, he uh, said, you know, you guys should really come to church. Yeah. yeah. We'd love to see you in church. And I'm like, yeah, you know, he was nice and the people were nice. Um, and you know what? We we started going to. I'm the one that said, "Hey, let's go to church," which you know was very very surprising. And the people were just just so kind and so yeah. so lovely. Um, this is University Methodist, University right? Methodist Church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was I began going to church and meeting people and not getting in Utah. You um, the way the Mormon Church works is they call they I, I I don't know the exact process but you get called and they come to you and they say oh you've been called to be to serve as the Relief Society president or the da 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 so I was waiting for them to like call me to do something like yeah. you know um, they, and they didn't okay well um, I think Pastor Dave might want to pick up that that habit I know you have been called could you, <laughs> could you imagine it would be awesome I'm tapping your shoulder <laughs> I guess what we're looking for somebody for this and it's like you really couldn't say no yeah, yeah. so I was wait. I was waiting for that moment but um that didn't happen I got pregnant pretty pretty quickly uh, I had my first child uh our first child Louie 
And, um, you know, there was a lot, uh, my pregnancy, a lot of things happened during my pregnancy. They were my really profound God moments that really, um, made me really like this was now really now this was personal this right. my relationship with with, with God, was a personal relationship so, okay um i had a difficult uh, well first of all uh one of the tests they give you came back bad and now they're saying oh. um the alpha feta protein test oh the, the we think the baby's there's a there's a serious problem down syndrome or so oh, what wow. have you and um I remember calling, you had to go see the genetic counselor and they basically, I don't know, it's an odds thing. Like they wow. take all, I don't know, you know, like come with the family information. And um, I called my mother-in-law and she told me, you know, God is punishing you. Oh. This is God punishing you for uh, doing the magic. Because I we grew up, like I said, we were magicians yeah. and, you know. She didn't approve of that. This is not like Alice Cooper, like got the chick, you know, like <laughs> this is like, we, it was a, we were, it's a, illusions. It was entertainment. Okay. And so like this God you know, she's talking about this God that's yeah. going to punish my baby yeah. and make my baby not okay because of what she perceived as, you know, not living right, or yeah. righteous. Um, but so I prayed my guts out, you know, prayed my guts out. They really couldn't give me answers. So we kept marching on through the pregnancy. Um, into my second trimester, I had, I woke up uh, in, a, in, a, in a bad situation and ended up to the emergency room and they said, you know, you're losing the baby. Oh, wow. This is, you're having a miscarriage. Um and I, I was in the emergency room, and uh, they wouldn't let my husband back. It was universe, UMC, if you've okay. ever been in that yeah. ER, uh, cr crazy crowded place. Uh, and I, they gave me a bedpan. The, the nurse said to catch the parts. Oh, wow. And, and it's my first pregnancy, and I'm, I'm basically a kid, you know, yeah. I'm 26. And, uh, and the lady next to me in the bed next to me opened the curtain and said, sweetie, would it be okay if I prayed with you? And she, she was... Uh, um, she was, uh, she's a pretty worn person. Like she, okay. she, you know, and I don't know what she was there for. Yeah. And, um, after she, when she did leave the hospital before I did, she walked up to my husband at the time and said, your wife and your baby are going to be okay. And to me, she was an angel. She was a yeah, messenger from I God. I see that. Big part. So that I held on to that for the rest of my pregnancy. I held on to like, that was God like giving me yeah. a message because a stranger just, just prayed with me, you know? And, um, when it came time for the delivery, I, well, of course I had to go to the hospital twice a week for six months. It was, it oh, was wow. that kind of, you know, situation. And yeah. one day they're like, Oh, you're having this baby. I'm like, Oh no, I'm, I moved in the house. I'm not unpacked yet. And they're like, Oh no, you're <laughs> having it. Um, I had toxemia. So if you know what toxemia is, um, it's your baby's, your, your body's allergic to the baby, oh. the, having the baby inside of you. So okay. it's a, it's a life threatening situation for me. It became a very life threatening situation. Oh, wow. Um, and you, did that happen on both children? Nope. Just the first one. Just the first one. Just the first one. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so after 39 hours, 39 hours of labor, um, we had to do a C-section. But before we got to that point, the nurses came in my room and I had periods of hallucinating. I, I later I'm like, couldn't tell what, oh, what did that not happen? Oh, there was, you know, but I did hear the nurses say, if the baby doesn't get out, I'm not gonna, that she's not going to make it. Oh. And so like, my husband had to make a decision, like, when it comes down to it, who are you going to say? He would choose differently now, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, there was a moment that I just, I called my mom and my husband who had gone home and said, I think you need to come back. And I prayed and I've never had that 
the kind of peace, you know, so wow. that God was with me. I felt the presence of God. Amazing. Um, I held on to that angel. And so, so by the time I'd had my baby, um, my, who's by, fine, by the way, he's my 26 year old. Well, I mean, he's not fine, but <laughs> and he, and he's married, right? No, my youngest, oh, the youngest one, one got married. married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember him when he was like this I know. big. I know. Yeah. So, um, but by the time I'd had my first child, I had had a lot of profound things happening that yeah. really, and I was sort of, you know, I was, you know, going to church, not, not religiously as they say, but, uh, you know, more and more I was happy and I was drawn to God. I was drawn to like, uh, that's God is what had gotten me through like really a very difficult time. Yeah. Um, wow. And so, um, yeah, I went back to work. I was, like I said, I was a collector waitress in the showroom. That show closed and it was replaced with the Danny Gans show. And I worked in there, and um, I hated it. Did I, you? I hated it so much. Um, the show or the? No, I just, I just, I got over it. You okay. know, like I got over that um, doing that. It wasn't like the nice dinner show, but um, the pastor came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we're looking for a youth director, and we think we'd, you'd be really great." Now I didn't understand church or Methodist, or and I'm like. I am a cocktail waitress, you know that? <laughs> and before that, I was an entertainer. Like, yeah. what yeah. are you talking about? Um, and so that was just like, you know, I should have just laughed about it and moved on. But he said, no, I really would like you to pray about this. Okay. You know? And I'm like, you know, I don't know what I, I don't know anything about this. And I wasn't even sure about this whole Methodist thing. I was still learning. So I, I said, well, what, what exactly, what is the Methodist thing? Like, what? what is it about? Like, you know, and he said, it's about grace. Mm. We're about grace. And I thought, you know, that's, I like that. get behind that, huh? That's not what I was. And so, um, yeah. So I, I, obviously I did take the position and, um, I, after my first Sunday, Paul and Susan freeze, the twins of the youth group, it was, they were like five kids. It was a very small group. It was just madness and chaos and running around and there was a stick involved. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm oh, going to wow. kill that. Someone's going to get injured. <laughs> and so I went to the pastor. I'm like, you know, thank you so much, but I just, I cannot do this. Like I've, I'm afraid of teenagers. I really wasn't a typical teenager when I was a teenager. So I'm okay. like, I don't even know. I don't get teenagers. Right. Um, and he just, he's like, no, no, this is, this is your job. Okay. This is your job. And so I started. He had faith it. in you. He had faith in me. And he saw, yeah. I don't, I don't know he if it was something. desperation. I don't know how, but he saw something. Yeah. He saw something. Um, and shortly after that, we started a ministry. My husband and I, who, who then went to work for the church also, um, called Sidewalk Sunday School. And it's church on the streets. And it was like a, the truck that with the Penske truck that was like the side would come out and made a stage and we pretty, pretty much put on a show and, 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 the, and did games and fed the kids and prayed. And, and, um, so this was like a new ministry that we launched before the truck was ready. Um, we did it on the grass. They're like, you know what? We're waiting for the truck to get the truck to get done. So let's just start on the lawn of the church when they had lawn at the <laughs> church back then. And, um, it was, the one little boy, Raphael, every week praying for his his brother to get out of the gang, you know, because we were at University Church, and even back then, you know, there was it's it was a city. rough area. Yeah. Um, and uh, it it ended up his his brother ended up getting shot and killed mm. on our lawn where we did sidewalk Sunday school at the church at the church at yeah. the same spot where we that's where we did it that's wow. where we did and so 
it the church really that was made that real yeah that made that real and the church really rallied around they say they, they sent the body home to be um, to mexico for proper burial and and so that ministry became something that really the church got behind and so um so yeah so we we, we launched that and that was a part of what i was able to do um, um and i was there for five years but two years into it um I did not know that pastors got moved. I didn't know that was a thing. And they're like, oh, you know, it's time for the new pastors coming. And I was destroyed. I was, I was like, wow, like, what are we going to do? Like, everything's going to fall apart. And I know that people are saying that right now because right. people like, you know, we know that, that David's got another year and a half and um, I'm yeah. like, I can't stay. Like, this is going to be terrible. Well, you know, it, um, I was reminded by a pastor's wife that we're followers of, she said, Julie, we're followers of Jesus Christ, not John Blackwell. Like, <laughs> oh, right. So in comes uh, this uh, pastor and his family. He's got this long hair and these Birkenstocks, and the kids are vegans. I don't know what a vegan even is. I'm like, who are these people that have come here? And that was Pastor David. And wow. so that was back uh, in the late 90s. And so... Um, yeah. I wish I could have seen his hair in the 90s. It, I got pictures of that, okay. too. I have pictures of him holding Lydia, like, as wow. a baby. So, um, yeah, so that's, um, and, and I stayed a lot, I stayed on for three more years, and I, so I did youth ministries for five years, okay. and that was, um, during that time, it was a great time of growth for me, and, and, and understanding about grace, and being able to be God's instrument, and to, and, and to be you, to be able to serve, to be right. able to unlikely servant and that's um it's just those are very formative years in my own faith you know even though i was bringing other kids along in theirs i was my own finding my own way right in right. my own faith uh and so i i cherish that time i cherish that time so you grew up lds you got baptized lds mm -hmm. up through the age of 16 and then 10 years later you came back to the church yeah you came back to a methodist church yep 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 and Quickly thereafter, you were the director of yeah. the youth director, right? right. And so, I, I don't know the first thing about LDS, but I can't imagine that was an easy transition. No, and and you know when I say I didn't really grow up LDS, I like I went to church just to be able to participate in the activities I wanted to. Gotcha. Um, and mutual, and they have the they did have the best dances. Let's face it, okay. but um, yeah, it was a very very different culture. Yeah. Um, very different. Um just the way the church operates. So did so you different. feel like a fish out of water? No, I felt like a fish in water <laughs> okay. when I came here, when, to, when I came to the Methodist church, yeah. like that. It felt, felt like home. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. As a, as a youth director starting off, mm -hmm. like how did you, how did you handle that? Like, <laughs> well, if you threw me into that, I don't know what I would do. Well, I just had a baby. I was a new mom. Yeah, you know, and so and which which I brought him with me, and you know they taught him all sorts of terrible, you know, crazy <laughs> habits, and fed him Slurpees, and I'm not sure he. Brought, I'm sure he's the person he is today a lot in part because of that. Chris Devereaux taught him because he was Chris was a youth in my in my program at the oh, time. Wow. Yeah. That's how long ago. Okay. That's how old I am. I'm not doing the math of my No, head. don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, taught him, guess what? Chicken butt and all this. Anyway. Um, you know what? I just, I did not, nobody trained me. Yeah. You just kind of showed up and they said, when I met with the kids, there were like five of them at the time. Yeah. They said, well, you know what? We eat pizza and play football. That's what we do. And I was like, okay, well that's cool. Like we could do that sometimes, but right. don't we want to do 
other things. Learn something, yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, I just, I liked starting with a small group. Nobody was paying attention. I made a lot of mistakes, but nobody knew it because nobody was paying attention to what, fi- you know, five kids are doing. Right. So um, I, I, I learned my way, found okay. my way. And um, I think my whole thing was just trying to be authentic and just yeah. be myself. That was, that's, that was what I was and learn who they were as people, which they were cool. Like now I'm, I'm in touch with many of them still and they're just, they've grown up to be really cool people. That's good. Yeah. So you did that for five years. Mm -hmm. You left and did something else for a little while Mm -hmm. and then you got a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got several phone calls. Yeah. I did that for five years and, and it wasn't just youth. Like for a period of time, I did campus ministries at UNLV and youth. I did the resource center and youth. I did children and youth. You know, there's not too many jobs in the churches that are like full-time youth. Um, So I did it for five years and I loved it, but it was time. I had my second child by then. He was two. It was just that season was over, gotcha. and um, I I opened a daycare in my home to okay. to raise him, and and then I ended up going to work for the county. Okay, um, I worked for family services for about ten years as the supervisor of the background check unit, so kids that are, you know, foster parents, adoptive parents, and all yeah. that. So, yeah. but David throughout the years would keep in touch, and when okay. he came to Desert Spring Church, he every time they were in between youth directors would call, which kind of was a lot back then. <laughs> He would call me and I'm like, oh, no, thank you, no, you know. Um, yeah. I, and um, so the last time when he called me, uh, they'd had to, you know, there was a there was an unexpected exit of a youth director. And I said, no, you know, no, the answer is no, but but I will come and help, you know, do the trend and tell you why you get someone hired. Gotcha. That's I will do that. Okay. So um, that's what I came to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long ago was that? <laughs> 11 oh gosh years ago yeah um well let's see i i guess it was nine or ten years ago um yeah i came i um remembered how much i loved it yeah Uh, um i loved the kids um and i was just having a blast okay and i and I, i enjoyed my other job it wasn't that i was in a job i didn't love yeah um and you know david he's not he's smart Right, oh, yeah. he's pretty smart. I remember uh, Je- Jen Lifer Lopper, one of the moms, kept saying, "You know, you want this job." I'm like, "I absolutely am not taking this <laughs> job." I'm like, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up because I, I'm not doing it. Right. Um, but one night, I was sound asleep, and I woke up out of a dead sleep, and uh, I went to my closet, and I made a list of pros and cons because must have been a nice closet. I, it's a big closet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I that's what I do. I make lists. I just need to, I have to put my thoughts on paper. So I wrote yeah. this big list of the why I should and why I shouldn't. And the why I shouldn't was way longer, way. And um, and then I stopped and I prayed. I prayed about it. And um, what I heard was um, that the, all of the things on the reasons not to were fear. Yeah. And, and I heard, do not be afraid. Okay. And uh, that's it. I emailed David and I said, I'm going to apply for the job. That and, moment right yeah, there. Yeah. And there, and I mean, there were legitimate reasons. I mean, I'm too old. I, it, you know, the, you know, it's a big cut in pay yeah. for the second time, but yeah. you know, um, it's, I don't have a posse. I had a posse before. Okay. Like, I don't know these people. Right. I don't know if, I don't know if I like Summerlin. Okay. <laughs> Um, there were there were just a lot of reasons not to. Yeah. There were a lot of reasons not to, and they were all fair. Okay, they were so. But God talked to you. Yeah, 
He yeah. said, go. Yeah. And I talked to my husband. I was, that was, I, but we skipped that part, you know, divorced and then married again. I was, I was, I was married to my second husband who was very supportive. He says, you know, I didn't know you when you did it, but I just, I know how you've always talked about how much you loved it. And, yeah. um, and, and I did. And so, okay. um, I, I said to my boys, I sat him down. I said, if mom takes this job, you will put stack more tables and chairs than you can even imagine really? if I take this job. Like, are you in? And and by this by this time they're youth group age and they got to be a part of it and yeah. that was so yeah, good decision. Good. I mean, uh, no regrets. No regrets. That's good. No. So the first time I remember seeing you, okay, I first came to church. Okay. Uh, I I came to church starting in January, right after they opened the sanctuary. Okay. And you did a testimony. You did, and, and it must have been right after you came to the church because I remember your testimony being, you gave up working for the county. To come here. Okay, yeah. To fulfill a calling. Yep. So yeah. that's my first remember meeting. Oh you. my God. All those years ago. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And you've been here ever since. Yes. And you've kind of morphed into a different position. Yes, now. I have morphed. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm 53. I'm going to be 54 in a couple minutes in here. Um, and um, it's not that I, I very much loved youth ministry. I've also, for a period here, I did children's ministries too. Okay. Um, I did both for a while, but um, I loved it. But um, you know when my kids gra- graduated and moved on, like uh, first of all, I lost my translators. Like, I, what what are these kids even talking about anymore? Like, I was realizing more and more, like, okay, I I'm I have no idea it's what these hard. kids are it's talking hard to keep about. Up. And I remember when I did youth group the first time when I was in my twenties. I remember at that time, like looking at the older youth, like, oh. Never let me be that guy that forgets to like hang it up, like and just like you know. Yeah. I didn't want to be grumpy. I wanted to be joyful. Okay. And I was still joyful, and I still loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's hard. It is the actual hardest job in the church. I can imagine. It is the hardest job yeah. in the church. Yeah. And um, but Pastor David came to me and said, "This is post COVID. Now okay. we're coming out of COVID." Okay. And he said, "You know, what if there was a position that looked like this?" You know, oh. and I'm like, well, I don't know if so I. So, like what is that position again? The, I know, I don't. And know. what does it look like? Exactly, <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I wasn't sure if I liked grownups. Yeah. And so I was like a little bit hesitant. Okay. But I trust David. Yeah. And he knows me. In fact, when he hired me this time, it's like you knew what you know. You inherited me last time, but this time you knew what you're getting. So right. here I am. <laughs> and so I think he, knowing that he knows my gifts, and he knows, you know, at the, at the end of the day. Um, he sees a bigger picture than I see. Yeah. And if that's what he felt, then, then that seemed like, okay, that's, and I prayed about it and, okay. um, it was very, it's very hard to, but I wasn't leaving the kids. I mean, I'm still, You're still, still around. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And I, it turns out I love it. Yeah. Turns out I love it. You do. Yeah. So what do you do now? Well, you know, again, my, my title is Connectional Ministries, so right. I, I connect. And so I, I have the great opportunity of, you know, talking to people and kind yeah. of getting to know, like, what is it that you're looking to be a part of? Or what is your story? Or what kind of help do you need? Or, yeah. oh, you know what? You need to know this person, this person, okay. you know, or like you would that. really be great. Uh, here's here's something you might enjoy. Um, and so it's, it's a job that is not totally, I mean, some of it's clearly defined, but there's a lot that's not, and kind of like youth ministries, and so you get to yeah. kind of create it and see the need. And um, that's fun. You kind of just make it your own. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that David um, has 
pushed me, not put, challenged me, helped me to grow in is an area of great fear, which is preaching, which, you know, I, I, do you remember I did it years ago? I said, never yep. in the ever loving life of me again, will that happen? I mean, I, mean, I remember I, that day. I was never going to do that again. Yeah. It's terrifying. And then years later did it. Um, and so that's an area that. That was the day you came with all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Strewn about the yeah. whole, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The beautiful I, mess. That was the sermon. It was mm-hmm. a great, it was a great sermon. I don't, I was an out of body experience. I okay. have no recollection of that thing. I'm we sure we can dig it up. <laughs> at that time. It was before we were recording it. Um, but that is also a way of co- to connect with people. Yeah. Um, because sharing your story and, and being that, that's, that's another opportunity. And, um, for many years, bef- it was Linda Chapin before mm. I did it. Um, I, I do, I've done the prayer chain for many years. Okay. And that's also, I did it when I was the youth director, when, yeah. when she was not able to anymore. Um, which, which basically means we have like 260 households that, um, when people send in prayers, I send them out and people pray for them. Are you a part of that? I am not, and nor did I know there was that many. Oh my gosh, yeah, and and it's cool because you can see how you can see the open rate. Like people are, they are, they are faithful prayers. Oh wow, good. And so, um, I that has been a true blessing to be a part of that because first of all, the way you connect by praying for someone, even if you don't know who they are, a yeah. prayer comes out. You may not know who they are, yeah. and sometimes we hear what the outcome is. Sometimes we don't, but right. um, we're we're connecting with each other and we're connecting with God, and so that's something that is a, is a real joy to be yeah. a part of. That's for me. good. Yeah, you also lead one of my favorite ministries. I know what you're going to say. I was yeah, would. community groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited that you lead that now. Yeah. Um, I am a big believer in community groups. Yeah. Um, so community groups, uh, I guess that's church talk, right? Is just, you know, a bunch of people small getting group. together, small yeah. group um, with a study or a, a direction. Yeah. It, it can look differently. Um, and I love that your group is a group that stays even when we're not doing whatever the whole church is doing, that you continue to stay together. Yeah. I love them because some groups are the same group and they continue on. Some like, oh, we're here for this six-week study and then, you know. So yeah. You, um, and I just, so many, I have gotten to really know people um, so well. Like you, I do I do online also, but I do in my living room. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I like and, that format. Yes. It, it just creates a more like warm and welcoming environment. Yes. People are a little bit more open, I feel. I think so. I think yeah. so. And I and I do both. And it's a, it's been a, a great, I've gotten to know some people in a different way. Absolutely. And yeah. then what happens is then they see each other Sunday morning, like someone, especially someone new or someone just kind of tiptoeing in and, yeah. and they're like, oh, Sean is from my group, Sean. And yeah. so that's that's one of the great things that happens. And I also love the idea that we're all studying uh, are focusing on the same thing, not every single person in the church, but that we are doing that. Right. Like I think there's power in that whole, um, you know, all of us sort of learning the same kind of thing. Yeah. 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 There, you know, what I love about this small group is that everybody comes from a different place. Mm-hmm. Everybody's walk to Jesus or to, or to Christ is different. Yeah. And they're at different parts. Right. Right. So you get to meet people who are just beginning their walk, yes. and some people who are literally saints of the church, yes. right? And yes. everything in between. So cool. And that helps me as a person grow, too. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. And I tell people, it's you're not a teacher. You're not a leader. You're a facilitator. Yeah. The materials are there and it's it's a discussion and nobody's there as the expert. And, it, you know, and it's so cool to hear people's ideas and thoughts. And, yes. So like, like today, I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And I had a group on Tuesday and they finally turned around on me and said, Sean, you ask all the questions. Now we're going to ask you questions. Ooh. It's my way of never answering a question. Right. I just oh, keep that's asking why I questions. Take okay. See, I like this. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, those are great groups. I'm glad yeah. you're leading that ministry. Yes. What a blessing. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. We just wrapped up. We'll be doing a Lent when uh, uh, Christ's final words. So I'm that's, excited about I that know, one. Yeah. I, know. I get excited when the books come and I just kind of look. Yeah. So I like um, just smelling the new I books. Do too. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool. Okay. So. Um, Wow, you've had a lot of really interesting experiences. Yeah. We didn't really talk about the circus, though. We did not talk about the circus. Okay. Maybe for next time? Um, yeah, you know, it's just a little, a little. it's a short story. Yeah, I, okay. I, my, my, my senior year of high school, my dad came home and said, I bought a circus. There you go. <laughs> and then suddenly we were in a circus. <laughs> no <laughs> No, choice. it's not that short. Okay. I told you this before, that by the end of uh, that first summer, I was engaged to the elephant man. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So how long were you part of the circus? Um, well, so we were performing family since, like I said, since I was eight. I started my own magic show when I was 16. Okay. And continued on. And um, the circus, that was 1987, the year I graduated. And okay. so we, um, for about a year, and then we moved here to Las Vegas. And uh, I moved here to pursue the magic. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, when I say circus, it was a one ring. It was a one ring circus, That's but so it was cool. very, very sweet. Yeah. It, we were talking earlier as we were preparing for this, and you told me like one of the things you liked about the circus is you were surrounded by lots of different people. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much. Did that prepare you for like youth ministry? You know, I think it did. Yeah. I think it did because growing up in Utah, it, you know, you had to work to find diversity. And I've I've told my parents many times, thank you for what you did, who you exposed us to, because it would be easy. Especially at that time, to have not been exposed to much different, right, right. and so you know they were colorful. I love colorful people. Okay, I, I love like characters. Yeah, I do I really a lot? But um, so I think you know, still moving, graduate, moving to Las Vegas from Salt Lake City, Utah, is a shock. Yeah, because it's a very different. Um, but I think. Um, I had that appreciation for the diversity. I think I, so I appreciate this about our church. Yeah. I really appreciate that about young people. And um, my favorite, don't tell them, but my favorite age is middle school. Okay. Because they're like, dude, they are all over the place, right? Yeah. I mean, their ideas are all over the place. And it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool because they're just um, open to new ideas and talking, you know, so I I enjoy that. Um yeah, I really, I really appreciate Good. that. You, what I like about Desert Spring is maybe not so much like the circus, but we're full of lots of different people here. Yes, we are. Right? And you get to meet people from yeah. all, literally all over the world. Yes. And um, I think that's so enriching. Well, and this is, this is why I want to do this. Yeah. Because um, this is why I'd love to hear the stories. I, now that I'm on not the youth side of the campus, okay, I've been to so many like celebrations of life, memorial services, yeah. and like learned like why, oh my word, like all these cool things about people that I wished I had known when they were alive. Yeah. Right? Like those right. are stories that should have been told. Right. And the more I get to know the people, there are some phenomenal, phenomenal people in this church. There are. With just, just 
really great stories yeah. that have to be told. Have to be told. Yeah, and they get and they get nervous about it, but <laughs> we're going to work on them. When 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 we started, you I said, "Tell me who you are in 2 minutes." Mm-hmm. And you basically named who you are. Mm-hmm. And it immediately brought me back to memorial services cuz Pastor Dave does this whole naming thing, right? Okay. Let's name who you are. You're you you're your daughter, you're a sister, you're a mother. Yeah, so this is I I'm preaching at the end of the month and that's a part of my sermon. Okay. Is how shall I name how, how shall we name her? But, yeah. Um exactly thinking about that. That's it's kind of wild that you just picked up on that cuz that yeah. has really been on my mind lately like how would I be named? Right. And because a lot of people know you as Julie from church or yeah. the youth director or the director of connectional ministry. They don't know. They don't know you were you worked in a circus. Right. They didn't know you were a magician. Oh, no. I want to see some of this magic. There are, some, there are some pictures. And it's funny because as wild as it would be for people here to, to see like, what? You did what? Right. Is how wild it would be. You know, And I see people from like my, you know, even from high school. Okay. And they're like, you... You are the one that ended up working at a church? Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, so you're a youth director for a long time. Yep, 13 Is, years. And, and so you've preached uh, or taught a lot from the Bible. Mm-hmm. You've also preached too, but you've right. taught a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there one story that sticks out to you or one story that's really changed your life or has provided you the direction you need? You know, uh, the story that I hated for so many years um, – or a lot of years. I Are think we allowed Dave, to use that word in a church? No, yeah. I mean, that's how... I would never let my kids say that word, okay. but I really felt strongly about it. Like, ah, it was a prodigal son. Oh. It, but it was when I was young, I didn't understand it. Gotcha. And so what I love about that story is I'm all of those people. Yeah. I, I'm 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 the son that came home. I'm the son that st- stuck around. I'm the, the parent that, you know, you know. And so that story, I'm all of those at different points in my life. And it's a reminder for me in my faith, like, you know, everybody's it, everybody's doing the best that they can, yeah. you know, and and um, it's a reminder that there's there's nothing so terrible that I can do that, you know, I mean, I can mess up bad and I and I have, yeah, but there's nothing so terrible that you know my father doesn't welcome me home, yeah, um, and it's a reminder to not be bitter about. You know, so I have a strong sense of justice and that has been a hard thing in my faith because I think justice, you know, like that ain't right. That shouldn't be, you know, but that's like justice is not my job. Right. That's not my thing. So, you know, if I'm the son, that's the the daughter that stuck around and and, and the the other sibling comes home, then celebrate that. Celebrate it. Celebrate that. Yeah. I, I, I love that you mentioned that story because it changes as we grow through life, yes. that story changes because as we're young, right, we understand the prodigal son, mm-hmm. right? Who doesn't want to go out and party? Yeah. Spend all of daddy's yeah. money? Who doesn't right, want to do that? Right. But now that we're parents, I'm yeah. a parent too, right? And right. so you can understand welcoming your kids back with Absolutely. open arms. There's nothing your kid could do. And they will test you. Yeah. That you could, you would not welcome them Absolutely. back with open arms. And yeah. I think as a, you're right. As a parent, that's when you understand that part of the story. Yeah. So I, I listened to a sermon online once. I say that and Pastor Dave is going to remind me that he preached about it, but I, I'm pretty I sure I listened to it online. <laughs> and the, 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 you know, the question was raised is like, you know, the brother, there's a brother in the story, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. what role did he have? Mm-hmm. You know, was mm-hmm. he a good role model? Like, did he react correctly? And I, it's, it's just one of those things in the story that we don't ever talk about the brother, but always sticks out for me in that yeah. story. But that's who I, for the longest time, thought... That's who I thought I was for the longest you time. You thought like, you were the brother. I did the right thing. Yeah. Like, 
you know that's your sense of justice yeah 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 and okay. so that wasn't that wasn't that was not right that wasn't just but now it's a it's a yeah it it's, was right and it is right and it is. there you know yeah. we see that over and over and and if you're going to be in the church i love that desert spring all does really mean all yeah all means all everyone is welcome i was preparing for today and i'm like you know what verse reminds me of julie Okay. Like what in Ooh. the Bible okay. reminds me? What did you pick? And so I came across Matthew 20, uh, right after the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Mm. But I came across this verse. It reminded me of you because I, I, I really do think of you as a servant. And um, I mean, you do the work of God, right? Someone in the church has yes. to do that. And and that's you. You you connect, literally connect people. You know, you literally change their life and, and bring them closer to Christ, which I think is amazing. So... Um, so in Matthew uh, verse twenty four, um, this is this is Jesus talking um, to some people, and he says, "Not and verse twenty six says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Yeah, you must be the servant. And whoever wants to be first among you, your slave. Just the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life life as a ransom for many." And that's what you're Thank doing. You're you. serving. That's a that's a real I that's a real compliment to hear you that that's what you'd pick. Yeah. My favorite um, that hangs in my I have a painting a picture that hangs in my uh, wall is Matthew 18. You know, um, whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I so, like that one. yeah, I love that. And so, um, yeah, that's good. Thank you. There's there's another verse that um, I talk about frequently um, in my in my small group. Um, because for me, it's such the guiding principle for Christianity and it's to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And I think everything we've talked about today, you exemplify that. You know what? If it's not love and it's not grace, it's not God. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I think, um, so much of what tried to push me away from the church was not love and not grace. And so, you know, if it, that's a... We we push people away with that, and so we if do. we can if we can we just greet people with love and with grace, then you know God works the rest out. And so yeah, I just think that there's goodness in in every person. Yeah, amen. And um, you know, we don't always catch people in in their greatest moments, and someone might be walking in at at their lowest moment. Yeah. But but they have potential, and and there's just so many stories of who God uses in the Bible. Unlikely again, I was an unlikely servant. Yeah. Whatever in the world, Doctor John Blackwell was thinking back then. I wasn't a bad person. I was a good person, but I was certainly not you know queued up for a, a life of ministry. Yeah, and so that's God. God uses that. He does. God uses that. Yeah, He does. Hopefully, there's a piece of what I've said of my story that that someone can connect to, yeah, and connect with and feel like, oh, okay, you know. And that's when I listen to people's stories. That's what I I listen to the podcast and I love it. And I you know I write down like what people say, okay, and, and I do. I feel connected. So, you know, I'm I'm obviously I'm a flawed person. I'm a yeah. I'm a you know quirky girl. I'm I'm not. Uh, uh, what you would expect, right? But um, I'm blessed, and and, yeah. the, and to be a part of Desert Spring uh, Church, and and this is to be able to do this and serve joyfully, and this is this is this is why I get to do. This is my job. You know? I know. My son was just here for Christmas, and he's like, "Mom, like, do you realize like you get to do?" I'm like, "I know." 
Yeah. I know that, and I don't take that for granted. And so, um, and I just I look forward to hearing more more stories. And I encourage people to share them, to share their stories, and nominate. Who do you want to nominate? Well, I nominated you. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> you know, I I um, so in my small group, we got a lot of uh, people that come from a lot of different walks, yeah. and I think some of them have some amazing stories. I, think I can't so. wait to share. Yeah, and great job drawing them out. So yeah, I think this format, this new format, is really it's fascinating. Yeah, and and I agree. I think hearing people's stories is just gonna it's gonna change things. Thank you. And you see people thank in a whole you. different light. Yeah, thank you very so, much. I'm glad you came up with it. that idea. Thank you. Shall we close with a prayer? I'd love it. So again, sticking on the, you know, the servant, the servant theme, um, you know, I, I was trying to find a closing prayer and I found Psalm 86. Okay. Okay. It's a, it's a prayer of David and we're going to read uh, Psalm 86 verses 1 through 7 and verses 11 through 13. Great. And then we'll, uh, we'll hit the off button. Wonderful. All right. So here's our prayer. Hear me. Lord, and answer me. I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call you because you answer me. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. We'll meet back here soon. All right. All right. Take care. Ciao.